Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. John says, I told him to take her to the clinic, and he wouldn't do it. Of course, that girl is Monica. That baby turns out to be Tate. You're listening to the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast. Thank you all. If you are a longtime listener from our past seasons, welcome back. We're so glad that you're here. You can rate and review us on good old Apple Podcasts and also rate us on Spotify is where you can find it. And if you want to see Billy and I just gabbing away, you can head on over to our YouTube channel where we have the video platform of this as well as weekly Yellowstone podcast. So go on to our YouTube channel. It's Taste of Country. Feel free to hit subscribe and the notifications button because when we drop a video, you'll be the first to know. So without further ado, as you see, we have Mr. Billy Dukes, co-host. Welcome, Billy. Hello, Addison. How are you? I am just dandy. I'm excited. This episode was quite... I, I Honestly, it I, my jaw dropped a little bit. And we will. I know we have trivia, but yeah. Well, we overall. learned a lot. Uh, there wasn't any deaths for a second consecutive episode. So if you're measuring by like body count, this wasn't that great of an episode. But a lot of a lot of really really important setup. Very little. Don't worry about it this this week. Amen. Before we get into that, what was our trivia question last week, and who won it? Aka, who is getting a beautiful affirmation from Mister Billy Dukes? Last week's trivia question had to do with the beginning of episode five. And the question was about the cowboys who started off that episode. They were doing some real cowboy kind of things. The question, what was that move called where the horse sort of runs and then comes to a quick stop? Uh, Mm -hmm. What was it called? And if you wanted to give me any other information, that's fine as well. And I know this because I got my most recent issue of Horse Illustrated. Um, you did not. No, no. You did not. Did you really? And, oh, okay. No, I was like, no. Billy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, um, I grew up in Detroit. We do not have horse. I don't even think they, they send Horse Illustrated to Detroit, <laughs> suburbs of Detroit. But uh, the move is, it's a sliding stop. It's a signature mover. It's a signi- signature maneuver in the, uh, the sport of reining. So any one of those answers would have done. The, the sliding stop is specifically what the horse is doing. And the idea is kind of keep the front legs moving. For a really long time, while the back feet stop, if you can go 10, 15, 20 feet, you've got a, a horse that's really good at it. Interesting. And the point of that is? I don't know if I know the real like life application for such a thing. Okay. Like, you would think you want the horse to stop or go. Why would you need the horse to split the difference? Maybe it's just show just slide. off. <laughs> Yeah, this is not baseball. Yeah. We're not sliding into home plate. Why do horses need to do this? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Todd came in. He knew to email staff at tasteofcountry.com. So Todd from Ohio, congratulations. He oh. knew it was raining. And Todd, you are the front legs to my back legs in this endeavor, my friend. You keep this show going. You are a hero today, my friend. 
I hope you rein your way to victory in life today and your whole family comes along with you, leaving behind the back legs of despair. Billy, I don't know how I felt. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I liked you telling Todd you are the back legs to his front legs. It was a metaphor. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what blew my mind? Congratulations, Todd. Thank you so much for emailing staff at tasteofcountry.com. What blew my mind is when Travis, a.k.a. uh, Taylor Sheridan, was rattling off the price tag behind these horses. Like, one of them was, what, multi-million dollars? Yeah, a million, two million dollars. The cheapest one they talked about was... Three to four, five hundred thousand. I mean, that's a that's a house, and that's like a nice. We are buying a house. House, like you can get a house in Nashville, which is like an inflated real estate market, like for five hundred thousand dollars and live quite comfortably. Or you can get a horse. You choose. Or you can get the, a horse. Yeah, what's yeah, the better yeah. investment? I don't know. Maybe the horse is the better investment <laughs> in this economy. Well, let's dive into. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm not looking to buy a horse. I, I'm looking to buy a house. If we're going. If, if you're, if I'm having to choose the two, I can't sleep on a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go into so episode six is what we're oh, recapping. Wait, we need today. we need this week's trivia question. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Back it up. I'm sure listeners are like, excuse me. Uh, what is this week's trivia question? Real simple, real simple one this week. John Dutton has an official uh-huh. government position. What is it? In season one, what is it? What is his job for the government? Good. Yeah, it's Staff not. Taste of- it should be easy, but it's not totally clearly defined. You kind of have to look for it a little bit, but um, longtime listeners will know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I know. Casey's I would know. Interesting. Well, staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can send the answer. Also, you can send it uh, in the comment section of this video on YouTube. Right, Billy? Perfect. Make sure before I I send people there. But okay, episode six, it was titled The Remembering. And do you want to give an overall recap? I know this is kind of how we do things. Give an overall recap, then we kind of backstep a little bit of kind of our thoughts. Yeah, so like I mentioned, this was an episode that didn't necessarily have a ton of action. It just mm-hmm. a lot of sort of tense scenes, a little bit of drama. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it ended with some pretty serious action. But we start off with a a pretty good uh, Casey and Rip scene, where we learn that Casey yeah. and Rip have a long simmering feud. And Rip does not like Casey one bit. Um, no. Casey kind of goes trotting off on his own comes upon a bear, Rip helps him, helps him, helps them get away from the bear. And then uh-huh. they get into a fight. They quarrel because Rip sees Casey as someone who's just always bringing trouble to the family and can't stay out of trouble's way. And they get into a fist fight and, you know, they tag each other pretty good. I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, Rip probably gets the better of Casey. Take note of that because yeah. that's going to play an important role in a couple of more episodes. Um, but they, then they come together again later on and decide not to fight. But it's, you kind of understand why. Rip is so protective. He's protecting the Duttons and he thinks Casey is a threat. Uh, mm-hmm. From there, we go to a scene that I think maybe we should park down on because this was probably the heart of the episode. The most memorable scene it was the first conversation John and Monica have. And throughout the series, they're going to have a series of really kind of important heart to hearts that kind of become their own separate relationship. It's cool how 
John and Casey's wife kind of formed this relationship on their own. And John admits and clarifies to Monica why Casey hates his dad so much. And what we find out is the explanation for why he has the brand. Yeah. And this is when my brain went. Well, so here as well, because of what he reveals, but it still didn't illustrate to me exactly why Casey got the brand. But the reason is that Casey, he was a disobeying kid. He never listened to his dad. And then he got, as John tells it, he got some girl he barely knew pregnant and he was going to marry her. John says, I told him to take her to the clinic and not Uh let you leave until you had an abortion. And he wouldn't do it. Of course, that girl is Monica. That baby turns out to be Tate. So you start all these sort of longing, guilt-ridden looks that John Dutton has had for these first five or six episodes start to make a little bit more sense. 100%. And I think, too, I I like how they did it where, as John's telling Monica this, it's not like I did not know, oh, he's talking about Monica till the very end. At first, I was like, oh, my gosh, who did Casey get pregnant? And so there's another girl somewhere, you know what I mean? And then when she was like, so you're – I think she's the one who outed herself, right? I think. Oh, John I think she's the one who made it clear. Oh, maybe. No, no, I'm saying – in that scene, like that's how I figured out, like, oh, Monica, like it was Monica. Anyways, it just like blew my mind. I had no clue because, like I said, you know, I've been watching this show starting at season four. So I've been watching this blissfully unaware of anyone's kind of like the backstory to that degree. And so now, no, you know, knowing them and now kind of reversing and hearing that story, I was like, what? So the sequence of, sequence of events here still kind of trouble me. Like, I can't figure out why Casey sort of submitted in some sort of way, or at least came back home to get the brand. Like, he went through all of that where he disobeyed his father and, father and um, wouldn't take his girlfriend, Monica, to the abortion clinic. At what point did he come back home and be, was he like, what's for supper today? And then... And John yeah. had the Cowboys round him up and branded him. I think that part was and will remain a little bit confusing. I think that's about all the storyline we get as far as Casey's brand. Well, and I'm curious, too, if it was one of those, you know, Casey was more, you know, the rebellious child, whatever you want to label him. And he goes off, does his own thing, realizes, ooh, I'm, I need more stability. I need a little help here, you know, raising a son. You know, I just need something more stable. And so John's like, well, the only way that you can come back home is if you're going to be essentially loyal to us, you're going to be branded. You know what I mean? I do. Absolutely. Um, and, and this, like the big plot line for this first few episodes has been about Casey's sort of relationship with his father and the ranch. And that's going to kind mm-hmm. of continue. You know, are they going to move to back to the ranch? Are they going to stay on the reservation? Like we're starting to see them get pulled back in. And Tate certainly is mm-hmm. all in because John keeps feeding him oversized donuts. And uh, clearly, I mean, the, the house <laughs> that he take has much is, for Tate. No, it, it doesn't. He he sees the attraction. Um, but Monica and Casey to this point don't seem to totally want to move back. But I think Monica maybe is sort of figuring it out a little bit. It's interesting. What do you think was the kind of when Monica, you know, pretty much asks, you know, who who branded him and John says I did. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a significance in him saying that. 
I just don't necessarily know the why. Like, why was it significant that John did not have like Rip brand him or you know someone else? You you're you're a dad. What would be that significant? I don't. Not that you're trying to brand your children, but you know what I mean. Of like, yeah, I think he wanted to know who wanted Casey to know who the man of the house is. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, a little bit of um, you know, two moose banging racks and whichever one runs away mm-hmm. first you know it was a, it was a little bit of that it was a power play he wasn't just gonna mm-hmm. have his ranch hands do it he was gonna do it itself and literally put his brand on it and um you know, john seems to have some level of guilt to that but th- that doesn't mean he's not gonna be capable of similar actions moving forward i don't think And this whole conversation got brought up because uh oh my gosh not wade what walker is now right. on the ranch. He's a ranch hand. He gets branded. Monica somehow wanders in to the field, sees all this go down of Rip branding Walker. And so that's how, you know, she then inquires with John, why do why do you guys brand? Um, and then that's where, you know, this whole development of story about Casey, Monica, John, that whole situation. Like that's how this conversation got started. You want to fast forward a little bit in the episode to kind of finish out Monica's plot line um, for the show because pretty significant developments with her and she's taking Tate to school and she gets out and there's a fight at the school. Uh, why don't you describe what happened there? Because yeah, that was a, a pretty chilling scene. I thought she, you know, was trying to do what was best come in as a disciplinarian, you know, stop the fight. Well, she gets in the middle of it, essentially, and a swing gone wrong, essentially. It, it wasn't meant for her, but by default of her putting herself in that situation, she gets knocked out. And I mean, like, knocked out cold. She's on the ground, Tate's screaming, you know, mom, mom. Uh, and you're kind of left of, like, and she's bleeding, if I remember. May I mean, uh, anyways, and yeah, if I, if I remember correctly. But, um, and then you flash forward and they're in the hospital casey's there um her grandfather right is also there felix yep grandpa felix felix yeah felix is there and i think what was chilling for me is the doctor said you know once they got her stable they said because casey was like i want to see my wife and they're like we really don't suggest that but we're also not going to stop you um and it was a scene you know she's super swollen all black and blue and it was a scene that he was like, man, I, I actually, I wish I hadn't had seen it. That was a pretty ugly little fight oh. scene. You know what? I also just realized I might've actually given, I think it, I, <laughs> sorry. I, I realized, I think the episode ends with her on the ground. I don't think we're in the hospital quite yet. Yeah. You got a little ahead of yourselves because you've watched ahead. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> so episode, ep- Casey does see her at like the school nurse and they wrap her up and then he takes her home. And then the episode ends. She's having um, she faints and the episode ends dramatically like uh, she That's they right. put her in the back of the truck and they're rushing her to the hospital. And it's this whole mm-hmm. is Monica going to make it? I mean, spoiler alert. She's been around for five seasons, so she pulls. Maybe through. I didn't spoil too much. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a heads up here. And I don't know if you've gotten this far ahead, but. The path that she's on right now is going to lead to introdu- introduction of a new character played by the man who plays Sam in 1883. Remember, Sam is Elsa's husband in 1883. Elsa's yeah, he's part of Bay. Yellowstone. Yeah. Okay. 
I haven't gone that far, so. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We start to see, and I think this is maybe the origin point. Uh, some people get really upset with Monica, and they think Monica is a Debbie Downer for Casey, and she's holding him back. And I've just never really understood why that is. Like, she does seem to get herself in a lot of sort of ridiculous or really unfortunate kind of moments or injuries. And they sort of stack mm -hmm. up to the point where it's almost distracting from the plot line. But as a character, she's not really trying to hold Casey back. She's just like him, also trying to figure out what's best for her family. And the answer isn't super clear. Yeah, I, I don't I I don't have an issue with Monica right now. I think where she got annoying <laughs> more so in season four and beyond is it just anytime something was going wrong, it happened. She was a source. I think that, you know, it was always like, oh, OK, here we go again. OK, here we go right. again. You know? Like it, this aspect of Monica doesn't bug me right now. I, well, that, I don't. Yeah. That's how it is for season one, two and three as well. Like she is kind of oh, no. like right there at the at the origin or Wrong at the time. root of a lot of the problems. Um, but it's not like she's making it or she's stirring up trouble mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. Although it just maybe she does. She's kind of wrong place. <laughs> yeah, I was like wrong place, wrong time right now. Right now. For now, she is. So right kind of watch Monica and let me know if your feelings change on her because um, I don't know, she's an interesting character. The acting isn't always the best, but I've still always liked her as a character. Like she brings some heart and humanity to sort of the ranch, which is needed. The scene that dialogue wise I thought was so good was when the governor was talking to Beth and she mm. said, you're emotionally stunned as if you're still a 14 year old who hasn't dealt with trauma. This is not word for word, but, or yeah, no, uh, man, I was like, that was the most beautiful description. And she pretty much told her like to get over trauma. Like you've got to, um, you know, sh she is essentially like how Beth is reacting is as if she's a 14 year old. I don't know how old Beth is supposed to be now um, because she never dealt with the trauma that she experienced when her mom died, all the above. And I was like, wow, that was a beautiful way to say that. She's not wrong either. Let, let's back up a little bit and set that scene okay. because there are some other important things that happened there. It's a scene early on in the episode. Beth and Jamie go to visit the governor, the um, district attorney, and uh, it's just the four of them and the governor. It's just the four of them in the room at first. And they're talking about Jamie running as an independent for um, district attorney. Uh, Beth's mm -hmm. role is sort of undefined. I, I don't know what political role she has in mind or what political role John Dutton has in mind for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. She's at the meeting as well. And she's acting up like she's just shooting her mouth off. And, and they introduce Jamie's new chief of staff, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, okay. And Beth, her, her quote is, can my whore be a six foot fireman who loves Jesus? Like she just totally undercuts this woman. <laughs> I just cannot with her. I just cannot. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great Bathism right there. Uh, so Bath and the governor have a one-on-one. The governor clears the room and has this one-on-one where Bath, where she basically says, you can't bully me, Bath. You're acting like a 14-year-old <laughs> child and you can't bully me. And then Beth, she fires back some in some pretty effective ways, saying basically, if you sleep in my mother's dead again, bed again, I'll end your career. And they kind of leave it at that, where maybe there's a healthy fear and respect sort of of the other. Would you call it that, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Beth tries to inflict a, a healthy amount of fear, healthy amount of fear, yeah, into to anyone she comes in contact with. But I feel like it's one of those of, it's just a, maybe a little bit of mutual respect that they are both semi-terrifying women. Immediately after that, the governor and the uh, district attorney start talking about not backing John for the next election, and they're referring to John's mm-hmm. role within the government. She's thinking about maybe backing somebody else because he's behaving badly. And when when you do kind of stack his decisions and behaviors, they are kind of questionable. I mean, not revealing the cancer diagnosis, recommending Beth to be part of the political game. He's kind of doing some things that are... Mm-hmm. Um, just not good for the state, but he, he's never really mm-hmm. worked for the good of the state. He's always worked for the good of the Duttons. It's just now it's he's kind of beginning seen. This episode is one that we also realize the kind of severity of his colon cancer or sorry, the tumor that he had in his colon. Right? He, he mentions how long it was, right? Yeah. Well, and his kids had no clue. Like this is the scene that he pulls back up. Somehow, I can't – now I'm not remembering correctly of how the kids found out. I think someone called Jamie, right? The uh, the governor told Jamie in okay. that meeting. Yeah. The governor and Jamie are just talking, and, and she mentions the cancer, and Jamie tries to deny it. Um, but she convinces him, so he, he shoots out of there and finds Beth, and they go to confront John. Why do you think that he didn't tell them? I think that's kind of an old man think kind of thing to do. Like, I think that I think like you don't, you know, the guy who doesn't want to go to the doctor certainly doesn't want his kids making a big deal about his colon cancer. He just sort of wants to take care of it and live life. I can, I can 100%. Actually, I can, I can relate to that on this very day more than ever. Like it's a, it's a total thing that I think old men specifically do. They, they don't want people fussing about their health. I think Mm -hmm. it was as simple as that. Yeah. Well, and this episode is we, is this the one that ends with him in the bathroom, right? Coughing? No. No, no, no. Stop. You're getting ahead. You're getting ahead. That's the next episode of Addison. (laughs) Okay. This one one ends with Monica falling. I didn't. That's the last scene. Okay, I'm so sorry. I know. You didn't say it. I didn't add any spoilers. um, So backing up to the governor's meeting, we meet. There's two women actually in this episode that are going to be very, very important characters and really shape the role of Jamie in the next, really the next three or four seasons. The first one is Mm -hmm. the woman we just talked about, his red-haired campaign manager, Christina. Mm -hmm. And it's clear from the get-go, they hit it off. Like, they're having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. There's some laughter. She's offering to drive him home. The governor even, like, is bold enough to say, oh, no, it looks like you guys are going to hook up naturally, so I don't have to... We don't have to fake a romance like this is going to happen. It's done and done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. It kind of does, uh, but we won't get there quite yet. <laughs> well, that's one of those worry about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christina is a big problem, even still to this day. Like they haven't figured her out totally. She might end uh-huh. up becoming like the ultimate Yellowstone loose end, but um, 
she's going to be around for multiple seasons. Uh, the other woman we meet is the reporter named Sarah. Yes. Sarah was fishing with her wife, partner, girlfriend, and um, Sarah is definitely interested in this, what's going on with the Duttons and these mm-hmm. murders that are being covered up and, and sort of these local political things and can't keep her mind out of the news. Did you recognize Sarah? I don't remember the actress's name from any other uh, show. No, I bet you some people have. Remember the show Bones? Yes. Why well, I kind of winced is I actually have never seen it, but I have I seen the like the cover art for the series. Yes. Sarah was Angela on Bones. She was like one of the primary three or four characters outside oh. of. Um, Oh, played Tempest Brennan. Uh, yeah, that's who that actor is. I, I knew I recognized her, and I actually watched a, a different show with her in it right around the time I was watching Yellowstone. That that kind of faded, but and then I went back and I remembered. Oh, she's Angela. Totally forgot about her. And she, the, that was a super car- cool character she had. But um, I like that actor quite a bit. Is she someone we do need to worry about? Like she's going to hang on for a little bit. Yes. So okay. To advance, tell you what she's going to do without telling you all the ways, she is going to ha- be presented with some opportunities to really dig in with what's going on and what's happened on the Dutton Ranch. And ranch. she learns a lot. And the end of our arc really shapes Jamie's role moving forward. It's, it's very, very interesting. 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 Okay. So I'll keep an eye out for her yeah. for sure. Yeah, two major is characters an- that we met this episode. Is there anything in this episode that you'd say was... I kind of feel like... I Well, I guess I haven't seen the seasons in between. But I feel like this episode, there wasn't a lot of don't worry about it, to my, to my knowledge. The only one I saw that I've kind of alluded to before is Tate's Dinosaur makes a, a reappearance with that drone. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that that goes any further. If it does, it doesn't go okay. much further. Like the guy who is operating the drone gets away. That that was kind of a a puzzling scene because it's not only like how did that guy know the dinosaur was there with his drone? Like he must have known it was there to look there. But also, what did that do? Like sometimes a don't worry about it actually sort of is important to set up a character or show you a different side of a character to set some someone else up. That just seemed to be like a time waster a little bit. I guess what it did is it pulled Casey out of the house so then Monica could come down the steps and fall. But, you know, they could have found a a better a way, different way to do that. I assume that that drone was just check. I didn't I didn't realize it was specific for the dinosaur. I thought it was, you know, developer or whatever seen what land was out there and then saw the people yada yada yada. It might have been, but they zoomed right in on that dinosaur. Like I think if you were flying a drone mm. around a, an area like that, you wouldn't You'd want to keep it away from people because you don't want to happen. You don't want what happened to happen. Where he, um, uh, what's the man's name? Takala Black Elk is the yeah. actor. He, he shoots it out of the sky. Like you don't want your drone to get shot out of the sky. So you keep it away from people. Here's the he, thing. He buzzed right in there. I wonder if there's a legal like, like was that even legal? I don't know. Okay. I, I have no clue. That, that's a don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a down of a rabbit hole, but don't worry about it. Um, 
couple, couple, one other plot line that I think we need to touch on is: Did you okay. understand the deal that Thomas Rainwater struck with Dan Jenkins? Not entirely. This is a pretty crafty move by Thomas Rainwater. He's looking to get land right up against the Yellowstone Reservation because um, the Yellowstone Ranch, because he wants to start moving in on John Dutton's property and realizes that the Paradise Valley land is right there. But his advisor tells him that land is worthless because it has it has no power. So he mm-hmm. goes down there and it just so happens that Dan Jenkins is having a media, uh, a meeting with a woman named Melody, who seems to be like um, almost like a, a Beth Dutton like character for Dan Jenkins, mm-hmm. just maybe a little nicer. Mm-hmm. You know who Melody's kind of like? Remember in uh, season five, Sarah Atwood? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very Sarah Atwood like, like that's her position where she just finds okay. ways to get things done. Very smart. Yeah. Um, and Tom realizes that if Dan sells Thomas Rainwater the land to build a casino, he can get mm-hmm. the loan he needs to not only build a casino, build all the infrastructure, the power, the water, and everything. And then from there, he can lease the land for the subdivision back to Dan Jenkins, and they can all make a ton of money because presumably Dan Jenkins can make monies in other ways. Uh, so that's sort of the deal they put together. And Dan Jenkins knows Thomas Rainwater is an enemy of John Dutton's. That's why he says the enemy of my enemy mm. is my friend. And they pretty much on the spot agree to form a deal uh, that will go forward. Like Dan Jenkins and Thomas Rainwater will start building that casino. Um, and that, that becomes a plot line for quite a few seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. So, I will say all that sometimes can be really hard for me to follow. Like I, I totally, I am tracking, but also, yeah. This is kind of like the difference between like uh, a, a cable or like a Netflix style show and like a network show. Like a Netflix style mm-hmm. show will just sort of, it, it'll be like we just saw. Like they'll say that information and it's up to you to, to either figure it out or rewind and rewatch it. Whereas a network show might like put some sort of like snappy graphic or dumb down the language so that someone who's watching kind of casually can totally understand what's going like on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I didn't totally get it the first time either. And there's a lot of stuff like that on Yellowstone. You're like, huh? What are they talking about? You're speaking too fast there, cowboy. Yeah. You can know. you have a little blurb? Uh, yeah. The little breakdown, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm a big fan of the Dan Jenkins character. Um... Because I think he's an interesting kind of villain. But has your opinion changed on Dan Jenkins, by the way, at all? It's only been another episode mm. since I. I okay. So, no, so, right. I still don't like him. He's still squirmy. Fair enough. Squirrely is what I said. Squirrely. Yeah. Squirrely. Hey, did you to you that guy that uh, John Dutton goes fishing with at the end? He's the same guy yeah, yeah. that he met up with at the rodeo that he told him mm-hmm. have his son changed. Doesn't that guy look like George mm-hmm. Strait? To be honest, no. Well, no. Who I think he looks like, which you've never seen. So my brother's father-in-law 
it, I mean, it is truly spitting image of him. I literally was like, oh my gosh, is that him? Um, so no, I don't see George Strait. I see uh, my brother's father-in-law. <laughs> oh my Maybe gosh. Maybe it is. I don't know. The <laughs> first time I watched it, I'm like, George Strait's part of this show and no one talks about this? <laughs> Like to me, it looked just like him. A little bit older, maybe, than like how we see George Strait. But I think you're just like, AK, you're stereotyping George Strait as like the classic, like, cowboy lives in a small town, you know, wears a button up and a hat and has a lot of money. That's pretty much what George Strait is, isn't it? I mean, how is that different from who George Strait actually is? No, that's what I'm saying. I was like, you just saw a man who like essentially represents that. I do not think they look alike. Oh, you know what? We'll we'll take this one. We'll take this one to the listeners and viewers. Staff yeah. at tasteofcountry.com. Do you think that man looks like George Strait and are on the same wavelength as Billy? Or do you think that he doesn't? I, I don't think that he does. I think he just wears similar clothes and has this similar, like Yeah, not mannerisms, but what George is. Demeanor. Demeanor a little bit. Yeah. George is more like level. I mean, Carl. I've never personally met George. This is this is all just like interviews I've watched, and it seems like what was the man's name? Carl. Carl. It seems like yeah. Carl is like that. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, anything else from the uh, episode that you wanted to wax poetic on, or details you had questions or comments about? No, my biggest one was just the the real the realizing the Casey and Monica like how they came to be the only other thing is I didn't realize because epi- I mean uh, season four when I entered I, I didn't see the t- tension between Rip and Casey um and so I had no clue until this episode episode six of season one that there was tension there I kind of had forgotten about it as well because they seem to have worked over their differences by some of the late seasons um but it is a fairly important plot point mm-hmm. in season one. And it does get resolved in a, a pretty interesting kind of way. Like th- this is like Yellowstone's writing at its best season one and season two. And there was a lot of time and thought put into it. Like the, the scene you referred to between Beth Dutton and the governor and like the Kip, uh, the Rip and Casey scenes. Like these are really sort of well thought out, well executed plot lines. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's nice to see those again and, and treasure them. Do you have anything else before I, I wrap me. us up? Well, I wanted to talk about one thing. We don't have a Q&A this week, but I did want to go over um, just the schedule for Yellowstone on CBS real briefly because it's been a little bit weird with some weeks having two week episodes, some weeks having one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Sunday night, we just finished watching episode six. October 15th, we'll have episodes seven and eight. And then episode nine, which is the season one finale, is going to air on October 22nd. So we really only have two weeks left, right? Hmm. Y'all, we are flying through this year. Yeah. Now, the question I have is what's going to happen after that? Are they going to roll into season two? Because while the writer's strike has resolved itself, the Screen Actor Guild strike still has not. So... And even if it had, CBS still needs programming to get it through the rest of fall. So I got to think season two. I think you're going. Yeah, I think you're going to season two. I would love to get through all the way through season two because that resolves a lot of these plots. Like it'd be really unsatisfying for someone to just watch season one. In my opinion, season two is the best season anyway, although um, it's also the bloodiest. 
Oh, Billy, why'd you tell me that? Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Have you been watching um, any other shows? Your uh, your show about teenagers in summer or How I Turned Pretty? Has that been? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Summer I Turned Pretty. We, we've already we finished that a long time oh, ago. Right. I am watching The Golden bachelor but that no one who's listening to this podcast is going to enjoy that so i'm just not even we're just not even we're gonna move on uh i've also been watching dancing with the stars we're not gonna talk about that what i have been watching and actually i finished all of season one is lioness oh that's a good show isn't it oh you didn't tell me this dude i like it i know well because it didn't I, i i know i've been holding back on you i don't know why i didn't share i think it more so didn't come up naturally in conversation um i like it there's only been season one, I think, or at least what I've been able to watch. Yeah, just season I'm one. I'm here for it. Yeah. It was I like really it. good. Like some parts uncomfortable, yeah. but not so uncomfortable like Yellowstone in 1883. Like it's a little bit more surface, I think. It's different. Yeah. A, a, a type of yeah. violence maybe that we're just more comfortable with or accustomed to seeing on TV, I guess, which maybe sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I also don't know how that sounds, but you're well, not incorrect. <laughs> and tell me, wasn't it I mean, not right yeah. about the um, the bride, Stephanie Murr's character? What's her name? Aaliyah? The, the bride? Yeah, she's getting married. She's set to get married to, and that's why oh, the oh, oh, oh. in there. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That she's attractive is it? Wasn't that your well, two just cents? Well, just that she's a. Well, I wasn't going to make you comment on that. Just that she's really captivating. Like she's. A, it's like a really, a super interesting character that I'd love to see come back for season two of Linus and, and continue in that role. Still, a big question mark there. Mm, I no? don't know. If she was a captivating character. I felt like she. <laughs> she kept the plot going. I think who the captivating character was was the gal who was sent there to, um, you know, undercover. Yeah, I think she was more interesting than. I agree. I don't know, I but agree. I think they're their characters together. Yeah, it's I, I like it. Nicole Kidman, love her, but I don't think she serves like the biggest role. I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, like she's there. I've been really floundering around with different shows. Like I can't find a show that I can just rip through a season on. Like I've watched the show on Peacock called. Uh, poker face me okay it's decent and then i've watched a me. little comedy called killing it stars the guy okay. from the office uh, craig robinson who played um daryl on the office okay me. kind of you know it's me. it's not that great and then oh i'm trying to get through the end of miss mazel because i've watched the first four or five seasons of that and it's like the final season i got like two episodes left but that's a slog like, I cannot find another show that I can just sort of take off on. The one I like, it's very different than than Linus or Yellowstone. It's Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Selena Gomez. Um, oh, gosh. Who plays in – uh, I cannot remember his name. Uh, in Father of the Bride, it's Steve Martin. And who is the wedding planner's name? I mean, that it's was like 30 years ago. I, I don't have no memory of it. You, you don't remember? That's one of my favorite movies, Billy. Um, I saw okay, it. Hold it was on. good. I just don't remember his name. What what network is it on? Uh, Hulu. I don't have Hulu. I have Hulu. I don't have Hulu, and I don't have Netflix currently. I just got Hulu recently. Okay, let's see who's in this. The cast. Okay, please hold. Uh, Martin Short. Oh yeah, I like him a lot. 
Well, and yeah. he's with Steve Martin too. That's always good as well. Is it, oh, it, that's why I like it. Uh huh. Is it a murder mystery? It sounds like it must be a comedy, yes. but is it like a murder mystery as well? Murder oh. mystery comedy. I re- yeah, I really, I've really enjoyed it. You know what I may do if Spotify still has that deal where you can get Hulu for free? I may cancel my Apple Music because I haven't liked that as much. Sign up for Spotify Premium and then get Hulu. Philly, you're an Apple Spotify. I mean, you're a, a Apple Music dude. Wow. I haven't liked it as much as I thought I would. You're an anomaly. My brother was also an Apple Music dude, and he slowly has transitioned over to Spotify. <laughs> yeah, they're both fine, but... Both better than Amazon. Okay, we're getting off topic. You can go ahead and wrap yeah, yeah, up. I'll I was, enjoy I was some ab- water while you think of it. Yes, I was about to give us the hook. I was like, and I think I think we're done. Well, as always, thank you all so much for listening. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast, as well as YouTube. We have recap videos every week, as well as this podcast. So head on over there. <laughs> And as always, the Denton Rules Yellowstone podcast is another invigorating in Townsquare Media podcast. Invigorating! Splendid! <laughs> well Thanks, y'all, for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.